0: Hi, it's Devon, the editor. Just a quick content note up top. This episode involves a lot of discussion of TikTok armchair detective work in regards to real missing people. So obviously this will involve a lot of discussion of primarily women who have genuinely gone missing under genuinely harrowing circumstances. So if that sounds like the kind of thing that you simply do not have capacity to hear right now, um, there's absolutely no shame in that. Since this is a bonus episode, you have access to our entire backlog. Um, So I'm sure there will be something to listen to instead somewhere in there. Thanks so much. Hello and welcome to this episode of Ten Thousand posts. Uh it's a show about how everything's posting. Welcome to this bonus episode. Uh we really appreciate all your support. Uh thank you for listening. And yeah, just for the top heads up with this at the top. Uh thank you for letting us do the show ad-free. It makes us it makes the show a lot better. It makes it nice to deal with. And yeah, we don't have to like shill mattresses right now. And that's or like not even mattresses, we don't have to shill like Mr. Beast merchandise. And we're not talking about him in this episode, but that's like, you know, maybe in the future, but Thank, right now, we don't have to shill Mr. Beast merchandise. I'm very thankful for that.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're, ne- we're never we going to shill Mr. Beast merchandise. So that's just, um, if, I, I'll finish the show before, before that. Yes, thank you very much for subscribing. <laughs> uh, it allows us to stay both ad-free and editorial in, editorially independent, which we really appreciate. Um, I'm your other host. I'm Phoebe. Uh, welcome to the show yeah
0: really appreciate that i i was going to say some more stuff about mr but i'm not going to do it i'm not going to do it because save it, save it's not the right place it, for it and also, we'll do it another time yeah i've also mm-hmm. promised not to um uh and on this episode we have a returning guest friend of ours uh sarah manavis who also uh has written something really interesting uh for the new statesman but also whose work is just generally really interesting and we like reading it and kind of thinking about how we do our show around that so sarah uh thank you for coming on and how how are you doing
2: Thank you for having me. It's I really enjoyed doing this last time. So I'm excited to be back doing it again.
0: Yeah. And I and uh, obviously, like the material that you, the, the, the subject that we're talking about is like really, really sensitive. But I think one of the things that was really interesting reading your piece is how these types of like really harrowing stories end up kind of taking, I don't want to say like taking a life of their own, but they take like the way in which they're covered takes on different trajectories as a result of like the kind of, the amount of people sort of, who feel entitled to not just having an opinion on it, but being a participant in it. And I guess like part of this episode is going to be about that participatory element of, uh, yeah, of, of these types of, uh, what we call like true crime, uh, situations. So I guess like as a starting point, let me just like introduce what's, uh, they introduce the backdrop of this story. Um, this goes with the cases of uh, Nicola Jane Bully, who was aged 45 and was born in Essex, moved to Lancashire in the late 1990s. She had two daughters with a with 40 year old 44 year old partner, and the family lived in the village of Inskip. Uh, Bully was a mortgage advisor. On the 27th of January, 2023, Bully drove from her home to the nearby village of St. Michael's-on-Weir, where after dropping her children off at school at approximately 8.40 a.m., she walked along the the River Weir with her Springer Spaniel dog. At 8.53, Bully was sent an email by her employer, and at 8.57, she sent a text to a friend to arrange a play date for their children later that week. She then joined a Microsoft Teams call at 9.01, keeping her phone's camera and her microphone disengaged. She was last seen approximately at 9.10, at the river, at the riverside field, walking her dog off its lead. At nine twenty, Bully's phone was believed to be in the vicinity of the riverside bench, and at nine thirty, the team's call was ended by her host. At nine at nine thirty three, a passenger, uh, a, pa- a passerby, discovered Bully's mobile phone, which was still connected to the call on the bench. Bully's dog was found alone near the bench and was showed no signs of having uh, been in the river. The dog's harness was found on the ground between the bench and the river. Yeah, I won't go into the darker details of that, uh, just because of like the kind of materials in there, but. Um, I, I, I guess I wanted to ask Sarah, like after the after the sort of like facts of the case and involving the police investigation, from what you saw and while you were writing this piece, what happened and what was happening at the time that you were sort of kind of looking at online material related to Sarah Bully's case.
2: I mean, I think what was going on, and, and like I said in the piece, was very similar to something we saw in 2021 with the disappearance of Gabby Petito, who was an American young American influencer. Um, who went missing and essentially people used bits of information they'd found from her Instagram, from police camera footage and things like that to be able to try to do this sort of, I guess, armchair detective is now the term that we use for that. Um, with the Nicola Bully case, um, we saw that, but I think it honestly went to like a whole different level. Um, the Gabby Petito thing was already pretty gruesome, um, but essentially with Nicola Bully, what you sort of see is not only it becoming a content vertical and people making posts with their predictions or sharing misinformation about the case, or even just like commenting on it or resharing clips from, you know, like ITV news, but you actually saw people go this step further where it almost became this sort of like live true crime experience where people were turning up at, in the town where she went missing and Posting like vlog style content of them, I'm, again, like content warning for this Like digging up parts of the town where she had gone missing, um, you know, stalking neighbors' homes. I even had a friend who said that she saw someone post on Facebook that they had taken their kids there for the weekend because of all the content they had seen on TikTok about it, to be able to go and look around the town and see what they'd seen on TikTok. So I think like, while wow, this was happening. And even, and even since, like, since, you know, her body was found and was confirmed to be hers. It's still this huge content vertical where people are wondering how did this happen, why did this happen, but turning it into like a mechanism for clout.
1: Mm. God, that God. I think I think the idea of going on a kind of day trip to the site of a, a site of a probable tragedy. Um, I I actually think that's one of the most appalling things I've ever heard, and I think that there is something about this this interest that has been that has been unleashed by um by the kind of prevalence and proliferation of true crime content that has that has ge- that has genuinely unleashed uh, a, a kind of tendency and sort of set, set of tendencies set of behaviors which uh which i i just don't think existed before i don't think it's just a problem of scale um in the way that there are some kind of unpleasant online behaviors that are that are just a a a matter of both scale and kind of ease of access i think something something has happened to uh something has happened to people's to people's brains that it would even occur to them to do something that, to do something like that also just to be just to be clear i know we did a content note up at the top for discussion of sensitive material but if you um are somebody who uh who wants to defend the the, the true crime tendency um then this episode probably isn't for you isn't isn't for you either because i suspect that we will be coming down uh we'll be coming down very very hard on it and um, and just to uh just to kind of fend off one of the defences um before we kind of go into the um a sort of deep discussion of uh, Sarah's fantastic piece uh one of the defences of true crime is oh well, they actually uh focus a lot on like police failings actually so um so you think that it's a kind of prurient, gleeful discussion of usually of usually something absolutely loathsome happening to a young woman. You think it's that, but it's actually, um, but it's actually a kind of citizen uh, citizen based service. It's a public service, and I'm here to say that's bollocks. Because if that was even remotely true, there would be uh, a huge proliferation of uh content about spy cops, there would be a huge proliferation of content about um about the fact that after the murder of Blair Peach, uh the police continue to spy on his family, even showing up at his funeral. Uh there would be a proliferation of content about why Wayne Cousins carried on uh, being employed by the Metropolitan Police after complaints about flashing there would be uh, there would be there would be an enormous big there would be an enormous big look at david carrick and there isn't and because there isn't you can shut the fuck up with your oh, it's about police failings no it isn't it's about your repulsive prurient interest in um in treating other people's lives and other people's horrible tragic often avoidable deaths like their entertainment, that's what it's about.